Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, I'm David. I'm Heidi. And you're listening to Light the Fight Podcast. We don't really know what we're doing here, but we're here. So we're just going to start talking (laughs) and we'll figure out the rest as we go. I just have to give a disclaimer really Mm. quick because... Mm. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's that's not a disclaimer. That's private information. (laughs) No, no, that's not... If you're watching on YouTube um, and I look a little haggard, it's because... So you guys, we record here in actually my workshop. Yeah. I have. I, have I think a workshop the camera here. just caught me like agreeing with you when you said "look like a hacker." I'm like, oh, I better stop nodding. Yes, I, I know. Um, and so I've been working here all day and sweating, and I, I'm covered head to toe with with sawdust. And so David always comes. He looks like you know nice and presentable, and then I'm like. <laughs> then my, I didn't have time to go back. I my work doesn't require any lifting. Dust, cutting, like man, any sweat. Yeah. So if you're watching, just just know that this is just just a a, a little slice of reality. Heidi's just trying to guys make you feel. <laughs> she's trying to make everyone just feel more comfortable. That's right. So she's like, if I look worse, everyone will feel better. I don't want anybody to? It's a win for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. I just really feel comfortable around you guys. So it's good, especially since you don't have to see them. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. Well, here in Utah, we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, but, you know, now it's happened, at least here. You know, kids are starting to go back to school. And for those of you parents out there that have kids that um, maybe you don't have the best relationship with them, or maybe you have a good relationship with them, just they're caught in some some difficult patterns and habits and struggles that they have. Maybe your kid might not want to go back to school. Maybe they might not want to go back to school. Just remember our good friends at teencounseling.com backslash LTF can help you out. That's right. Teen Counseling is the premier online slash face-to-face counseling that you do digitally. So when I say face-to-face, I'm referring to like a FaceTime situation. So teen counseling for 13 to 19 year olds. If you've been having a difficult time finding a teen counselor for your teenager in your area, look no further. Just go to teencounseling.com backslash LTF, and that will give you a 10% discount on uh, your first, um, I believe it's your first month, correct? Right, first month. LTF stands for light the fight, in case you're like, what? Yeah, it's, it's not like a cool <laughs> acronym that we like borrowed from social media. Just, yeah, it stands for light the fight. But um, seriously, you guys, uh, you've been hearing us talking about teen counseling. Make sure you go there. The process is fast and simple. I've joked about it, but it's it's very true. It costs half the amount that it costs to come see me. And you're going to get a response from someone in half the amount of time that I would even respond to an email. So go to teencounseling.com backslash light the fight. Give it a try. Please let us know. Hit us up in the DMs and let us know how it works out. We've gotten such amazing positive feedback from our listeners. And it's kind of a perfect uh, sponsorship made in heaven for us because we kind of talk about families and teens and that whole entire thing about helping them. So this is a great resource for you guys. Yeah, check that out. And as always, thank you to our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS, for providing us with everything that we need to make sure that we don't get up to presentations and sound stupid. Uh, (laughs) They've helped us out so much every time we speak. I'm starting to worry that they're not going to help us with community events that they have nothing to do with anymore. (laughs) They've helped us with community events that they had nothing to do with, but I think they knew it'd go a lot better if their their team was organizing everything. So they know what they're doing over there. So thank you guys at 1-800-CONTACTS. And they just happen to have amazing, easily accessible, and affordable contacts as well. (laughs) <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into it. Kids are back to school. Parents uh, have mixed feelings. Some parents are happy for them to be gone. Some parents are stressed and worried. Uh, where are you at, Heidi? What, what you got going on? I'm not going to lie. I feel relief. <laughs> um, last week, if you haven't listened to the episode that we talked about last week, we kind of talked about adult kids. And I do have two adult kids. And so... 
you know, they're kind of doing their own, doing their own thing. But, um, and Connor, he, we've talked about this a little bit. If you're, if you're listening, you also know that Connor's been in for a while, but Capri, um, started today and, um, she woke up, she needed me to wake her up at 5.30 AM so she could curl her hair. So it's real. Like we're really in there. Yeah. I can, I mean, I can remember the ages from eighth, eighth, ninth, and 10th grade. That was the time that I spent the most time on my hair. So she's just following right in my footsteps. <laughs> and well, actually, she, it, she was pretty excited to go back. She was pretty time, excited. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I was just saying, I'm thankful because she is pretty excited. Although I have gotten the phone call already. I hate this teacher and this teacher. I need you to call and I need you to get me out of those classes. Mm. So I'm gonna to have to do a little day. more. We got to do a little more. Have a little you more. You should go to these parenting workshops from Light the Fight, Parenting Influence. They'll teach you how to handle that. Okay. Or listen to some of the episodes that you've been on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help you handle that situation. Now I was gonna say about the middle school pictures. I don't know if it's just the girls in my life. You know, f- you know the the friends of mine. Every time I hear a, a girl talk about their school pictures from middle school, it's never usually followed up with "I looked amazing." It was like. <laughs> I get the braces, the awkward acne. It just seems like such a weird development, awkward stage for a lot of girls. And I just, I've always heard women refer to those pictures as not their shining moments. I don't know if it's like that anymore. Like I look around at these girls that are Capri's age and they look so much older. They They're better dress, copiers. They, they know how to copy a lot do. better. Well, they have more they access don't look, to yeah. They actually don't look awkward. David. They can do a YouTube these, video how to not look awkward. And someone that used to be awkward could teach them how to not be like them. Right. I mean, these girls are hacks. way cooler. Than a lot I of hacks to kind of overcome the awkward <laughs> phase. So, But, you know, you don't get to, you, you know, you might look good, but you don't get to skip like not understanding math. You don't get to skip getting left out of the friend group. You don't get to skip, you know, just. Acne. <laughs> you don't right? get to skip acne. Teachers that you don't like. Yeah. So Awkward growth spurts. <laughs> You can skip right, that. Right, Or no growth spurt. You, know, you want to hear a funny growth spurt <laughs> or lack of growth spurt story for me? Five foot six, my freshman year of high school, wore size 13 shoe. <laughs> and uh, the reason why I'm telling You're you like this. You're like a puppy. You're no, like the reason why those... I'm telling you this, it was a joke for the whole entire year. I would be running like I played <laughs> basketball. And if you guys know what a fast break is, like someone steals the ball, they throw it up the court, and I'd take off and run for a fast break, and I'd see the ball come to my head, and all of a sudden I'd just trip and just like start running downhill face first into the into the floor. And I tripped so many times over my feet that year. I thought I'm like, I'm gonna be like six five, six six. <laughs> like, nah, I'm just six foot. Just never quite pan out. So I, I always tell people I'm, I'm Polynesian <laughs> from the ankles down. It's the only thing I, I should add a bigger frame based on that, but nah. Ankles down is the only, only Polynesian part That's of me. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's it awkward is, time. It is pretty like you got the boys who aren't growing. Yeah. And the girls who are super tall. The it, boys like me that didn't even need deodorant in ninth grade because they didn't even like, <laughs> there's nothing going on in the armpit, you know, like it's just there. You probably should have worn it anyway. I probably should have. Your mom probably was like, it stinks in here. Yeah, there's no axe back there for me to get drenched and just over. <laughs> over fogged up with all those well, weird f- sense of acts. You spent some time at what Hillcrest high school this, this week. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh high schoolers in that time of year, I was, um, I was fortunate enough to go to talk to what's called the hope squad at Hillcrest high school. Is and hope squad a Utah thing. Yeah. I, I don't know that they may have branched out to a couple other States, but, but I know it, it was started founded, here. I know it was founded, uh-huh. started here in Utah. And it's been going for, gosh, I want to say like seven, eight years, I think. Um, but anyways, uh, um, one of my good friends, she's um, in charge. I believe she's in charge or is one of the head people of running the Hope Squad there. She's running the other school she's be at. She's a school counselor. And she's great at what she does. And so she had me come talk to the kids, kind of get them ready for the school year. And I gave them a little bit of a challenge to not a little bit challenged. I challenged them to do the statements versus questions and send me back some uh, direct messages. And for everyone that sends me back a direct message, 
of how they're able to use that in some experiences. Wait a minute. Like I always do. This, like kids are supposed to use statements versus questions These too? are kids on the Hope Squad. Oh, the Hope Squad kids. The Not kids, regular kids. Yeah, Not so regular I, kids. I should explain this. <laughs> the hope, no, the regular kids that I that I counsel, they start whipping this on their parents. Like, oh, they start my using kids it on their, whip it on me. That's for sure. Yeah. Statements, mom. Yeah. Statements. Well, they also start doing it with their parents because they realize it helps break the ice with their parents too. Um, no, so the Hope Squad is basically, it's a voluntary group that you sign up to be a part of the school. And the purpose of it was to bring together um, peer advocates and peer support for when people are going through difficult times. So it's really, I don't want to say it's their job, but it's their initiative. These kids learn about how to reach out to other kids. And, and if someone is going through a difficult time, how to reach out to the counselor, the teacher, you know, basically be that liaison, um, a person of the same age that, you know, most people know teens will open up to their own peers about a lot more things. And, um, you know, I tell you what, these kids are amazing. They have a huge hope squad at the school. I, I, I really, saw that picture. I was on... really impressed. Some fine young people and everyone there, they get it. These kids, they may not have perfect lives, but these kids get the, they get how difficult school can be, how stressful it could be. I imagine a lot of them have had their own life experiences that makes them feel the importance of this. And to see their passion and how much feedback I got from them, they're not doing it because they're bored and had nothing better to do. So big shout out to Hillcrest Hope Squad and, and all the Hope Squads out there and all the young people out there that just are trying to make other people um, feel more comfortable so that they can get through the school years um, with just a lot more happiness and, and being able to focus on school instead of having to worry about all the other things that can come with being in large social groups. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about them. And uh, I'm also looking forward, I already got some direct messages back from the kids at the group because I told them, you know, you send me some of your wins, what happened? You know, I'm coming back with a, a box of stance socks, socks. <laughs> to, to give everybody. So they like that. So we'll see how it goes. But that was really exciting. And, and uh, also- Let me just too, interject. Yeah. If, you're, if you're just listening to the podcast, maybe you haven't listened to very many episodes or, you know, you're new, um, statements versus questions is something that we- that David talks about a lot is something that he has taught me and that and that's kind of a fundamental. So um, if you haven't heard about that or need a brush up or refresher, especially at this time of year, um, in the very beginning of our podcast, we talked about statements versus questions and you'll find us kind of talking about it over and over. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's worth giving that, that a listen to scroll all the way back to the beginning. Um, I think it's like episode three or four. Yeah, if, if I'm ever fortunate enough to get asked to do a second TED Talk, it'd definitely be statements versus questions. That's like the, the building blocks for trying to connect with people that you're not quite sure where they're at or how they're going to take it or how they're going to receive it. So yeah, go back and listen to that episode. But in did the meantime- they, So did the kids get it quicker than me? I mean, that was a stupid question, right? But did was it hard for them to understand? No, because you guys, Heidi, they did not. <laughs> I had to explain it to them for three years straight before they understood. Because here, it's hard. It's hard. It's been hard for me. Did yeah. the kids just like connect with it, or Absolutely. were they like, "What are you talking about?" They were like, "No way! That makes so much sense." And you could see the like light bulbs going off, and someone came up after me. It's like, yeah, like I never, th yeah, but yeah, I get pissed off when people ask me questions all the time. And, you know, I gave him the examples of like, yeah, you're questioning yourself. How many times throughout the day did I do this right? Do my jeans look right? Does, you know, am, am I cool? Am I not cool? My parents like me. Is my coach mad at me? Is the teacher? Did I turn the homework? Do I have friends that have my back if things go wrong? You know, who's on my side? Who's not on my side? Question, 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 question. And so when they heard that, man, one more question by a person that you've been hearing questions your whole entire life. It might just be like parents, this straw on the camel's back. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's it's more than the straw that break the camel's back. For a lot of people, they they share it's more like the the big metal beam that broke their <laughs> okay. back. It's like they're not taking any more of this. Well, so I just want to validate you, parents out there, that like you know that you're supposed to be making a statement, and you pull up in your car, you pick up your kids, and you're like, right. you know, no idea, awkward silence. You have no idea how to make a statement. So well, now that Heidi's validated how hard it is for you and giving you a free pass if you don't do it well or consistently. Let me give you a reminder that if you don't do it well, you don't do it consistently. Well, if you don't do it well, it's because you're not doing it consistently. You're not doing it enough. You're going to get better at it. Keep it up, parents. You're going to need it more now than ever because a lot of people slip into some bad habits and routines over the summertime, and that's parents and teens both and kids both. 
We we get a little lazy, and then all of a sudden we're like, hey, it's school time. We got to be back to being serious now. Well, sometimes kids don't really just because it's time to be serious. They don't necessarily take that as serious. So make sure you're modeling for your kids that yeah, this is hard. I'm tired. And uh, I'm still going to have the car ready for you to get to school at time. You, instead of just telling them how difficult it is for you, just show them that you can do it regardless how tired you are. Well, and speaking about modeling, that kind of takes us into the topic that I wanted to bring up. Um, only because there was a couple of things um, that sparked it. This is usually how... I get these curiosity and topics that pop up, right? She has a friend with short blonde hair. I have this friend. <laughs> that loves crafting. Um, so, you know, I will say, so Cap my daughter Capri's in eighth grade. She goes to, four, she, she's just in middle school, right? And they don't have Hope Scott Squad in middle schools. I think it's just a high school thing. You know, my daughter said the other day that they have a little Hope Squad thing in her elementary, so I got to check into that. I don't, so I don't, Capri's it's probably on different like, versions of it. Capri's on like this kindness crew yeah. type thing, and so they they have kids that wear special shirts, and they they're established as like a, as as a friend, as somebody that you can approach no matter what. And so like Capri was at the middle school the day, so the Monday was just the seventh grade, and then. Everybody else came on Tuesday, so Capri was kind of there um, helping. Anyway, my point is that I think that it's been really good for her to, like, be called out as somebody, like, she kind of has this T-shirt. She kind of has this badge that gives her permission to be kind to even to kids who are weird mm -hmm. or not like her or, like, different than her friend group, whatever. And um, I, I bring this up because I think that Capri, honestly, she has a heart of gold. And and she really would be nice to anyone. Yeah. But sometimes when you get into the situation where all of your friends are there, you're not really sure how, how to handle it. In fact... I think Capri was really worried about bringing, we had this foreign exchange student staying with us. And I think she was like, I don't think my friends are going to like her. I don't want to, you bring know, she, she, yeah, she was just kind of nervous and not sure how to, how to do that. And yet when she put on that t-shirt, like all of a sudden she was like an official nice person and Niceness officially, engage. you know, officially like people were expecting her. She had this permission to be nice to everyone. Kind of like someone putting on their outfit before they start their customer service job. It's like you get in the role and you just go for it. And then nobody like judges you or wonders why you're being nice to people because you're like, this is my job or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I bring this up because I think that not just middle schoolers and not just elementary kids, I think as an adult, we... And you guys, if if you don't look around at people and do your people watching thing and think and, and kind of do that like spot judging and, you know, I probably shouldn't be wearing those pants or did you look in the mirror when you left or, you know, just like all that stuff. I'm sorry, but it is just there's a human nature element to it, right? The thing that I wanted to talk about today and I think that I'm learning how how very important it is um, is for me as a parent to a, to really take a hard look at where I am in showing tolerance and not voicing judgment and not voicing criticism um, about people around me. Um, I think our kids, I think there's a couple things that our kids pick up on Like, oh, my mom doesn't like this and this. And they know, right? Because we, we talk about it or we joke about it or we poke fun about that. Um, and I think I specifically want to bring up um, f the importance of reaching outside your own friend group outside your own, the people that you look like and talk like and 
ex- extend yourself. Number one, because I think that your kids don't have the same stigmas that you have, um, whether that's gender biases or racial biases or um, I'm even, even like LGBT issues. The, the kids just are a lot more accepting that at that age. And so when we're making comments or being critical or acting weird, I think that our kids are kind of not understanding that totally. Like, mom, it's not a big deal or, you know, whatever. Um, and then I also think that when we do, when we are critical of others, how they're dressing, how they're raising their kids, how they're spending their money, how, you know, whatever it is. I think it puts up this high alert on our kids. Like, well, what are you being critical of me about? You know, like this, this sort of lack of, it, it, it could be, I, I think, threatening to, to trust. No. And there's also too, your kids are paying attention and listening to you to see you, how you handle situations and certain people. And it's certain people may look so outrageously different that it's going to get attention even from a little kid, from parents, and you're going to look and looking at someone, you know, isn't a crime. You know, sneeze. It's gone. Okay. (laughs) Um, Looking at someone isn't a crime. I'm looking at them with, you know, skeptical hippo eyes. If you think that they're a dangerous person, you know, that's not a crime. But if someone's just openly different or weird, weirdly dressed or oddly dressed or have something identifiably different from you about them, our comments that we make in those situations are very telling and teach our kids a lot about what we think and feel and how we expect them to think and feel. Um, I, I don't know how many times this happened, but it's been quite a few. Um, the two most common ones that I found here since I've been counseling in Utah have to do with religion and sexual orientation. Where, um, again, I can't give you a number, but in, a lot of times I'd have a teenager come into me and say that they have some really pretty tough criticism of the religion. And the dominant religion here, if if you've been living under a rock the rest of your whole life, Utah <laughs> is really known for Catholicism. <laughs> and New York is known for Mormons. Okay, I just want to let you guys know that. New York, that's the Mormon capital of the this world. Guy. This guy. Las Vegas, it's a, it's a, just a hippie commune, just a bunch of feelings and healing. And it's a joke, guys. Okay. Um, but religion and sexual orientation are two of the things. So let me just paint a snare for you. So well, let's, let's say a young man comes into my office. We're counseling, we're talking. He has harsh feelings about the church or is confused about the church. And then um, he goes, but I can't tell my parents how I feel because they'll kill me or they'll disown me. And it's usually very dun, 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 dun. Like, and I go, really? Why would you think that? Well, then they give me examples of they've heard their parents say things when other people have left the church. Maybe it's somebody that they know. Or Maybe it's a their family child's member. Inactive, or, yeah. A family member. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, well, you know, we're praying for them. You know, I'm so worried about that person. And a number of times the teenager will be in the mindset of, well, I know that person. That person's a good person. You know, that's, that's, doing Auntie, just, that's doing... Auntie Sue. She's really nice to me. Why is she, why are you so worried and praying about Auntie Sue? She's doing just Because fine. she's choosing yeah. not to go to church. She seems on the outside to be doing just fine. Now, maybe the parents say like, oh, we know more than that. But you'll hear, these kids would say they'd hear things of a very negative nature. Like if you're not a part of the religion, something's wrong. They're worried about you. And then they, the sexual orientation one, um, I've had a handful of young people come to me and confide that they believe that they were, um, when I say believe, meaning it's their story they're telling me. I'm not telling them they are or they're not. They uh, told me that um, they uh, associated um, with, not associated, but um, related to being either- el- Ident- Identified. Identified. I don't know why I'm losing my language right now. <laughs> um, they identified with being either um, lesbian, gay, transgender, what have you, bisexual, and at those moments, they'd say, I can't tell my parents because, 
And it was always a similar story because I heard what they said about gay people when the voting and elections are going on and they'd say this and they can't go to heaven. Like, and a lot of those things, the parents, when I talk to the parents, parents are like, well, I, I didn't mean it like that. You know, there's so much Because us. stuff just gets exactly. said. So many things are being said that aren't running through a filter. And I'll tell you why. Our parents didn't have much of a filter. The old generation didn't have to have much of a filter because you're pretty insulated with your group of people. You know, God rest my father's soul. Um, he, he's passed away now. And for those of you who follow the podcast, is my adopted grandfather. There's no biological relationship. My last name's Kozlowski, which is Polish. I don't have 1% of Polish in me according to AncestryDNA.com. <laughs> but I remember the first time I, I brought uh, one of my black friends home and I was, gosh, I was in element. Uh, yeah, late, probably like fifth or sixth grade. There's a kid moved down the street, black kid, uh, my good buddy, Kiwan. What up, Kiwan? If you're listening, he, he's got kids, so I'll <laughs> tell him to listen to this episode. Give him a text. Yeah. Um, so... I brought my friend over. He and I were playing basketball outside in the park like every day all the summer. Like we were like getting close buddies and we came in. Well, my dad was never home during the day and he came home one time for some reason. And my friend and I were just sitting at the table and he walked in and this look on his face like, like, I'm like, hey, dad, it's my friend Q. Like just, just wouldn't say hi to him, wouldn't talk to him, anything. And then later on that night at dinner, my dad was like, why'd you bring that black kid over here? And I was, I had no, I'm like black, like there wasn't a lot of black people where I was from. So I was more curious but I didn't even think anything about it. You know, when you're a young mind, right. you're like, this is a kid for me to play basketball with and he's good. So he and I are challenging each other. Like we're going at it with each other. And I remember him saying, you know, some racial slurs. And I was like, dad, I'm like, I'd never ever heard him talk like that. Well, I found then out- that cr creates like a defensiveness and, and that yeah. drives away. And a then wedge he starts saying, why well, don't trust him at my house? What if he's going to steal something? What I was like, where's all this coming from? Like right. now granted, you know, he passed away two years ago and he was 86 when he passed away. So, you know, there's a significant age gap between he and I. Um, he's old enough to be my grandfather, like I said. Well, later on, I found out as I got older and I'd asked him some questions like, why did you act that way against? Because by the way, Kiwan went to high school with me, ended up coming to my house all the time, became a good friend of mine. It was, it was never an issue, but I always wondered, why did you say that at the very beginning? Like, and he told me, he goes, we well, got to understand where I came from. I'm from New Jersey. We were raised in all Polish neighborhood. To get to school, I'd have to go through the Italian neighborhood, the black neighborhood, a Puerto Rican neighborhood. Like there's all these neighborhoods and through each certain neighborhoods you had to run through because basically he said he used to have to jump from building to building top and he had been jumped and beat up going through the black neighborhood a number of times and through the Puerto Rican neighborhood. So he was really, Puerto Ricans look too much like Mexicans and black people was like, no, I've had bad experience. So he formed a total like belief about a culture, about a people based upon that, those small instances, but they were traumatic for him. And he was scared every time it was very difficult. So he had this, you know, worry. Now, as we got older, you know, when he was in a better place, he started to realize it was not even necessary. Like that was just, that was absurd to think that way. But at the time when he was saying it out loud, I didn't understand what his experiences were. And all I heard was, oh, I can't ever bring a black friend over again. And I did not like that because my friend did nothing to me. Mm -hmm. He was good. And but Kiwan, <laughs> Kiwan was the coolest, most social kid at our school. Like that was the kid that everybody was like, Kiwan. It's like, he did not fit any pro stereotype of anything whatsoever. Smart, went to college, great athlete. Just everybody loved Kiwan, right? So the point I'm trying to make is that I'm so glad that I didn't let that change my perspective. But what it did is it drove a wedge between me and my dad because that was about the same time where my dad started everything that I liked that for some reason he had resistant to. He was very vocal and out loud open about discrediting it, dismissing it, and saying negative things about it. And my mom too. And a lot of times he'd say these things out loud. It'd be gay people, this and that. They weren't prejudiced towards anyone. They never acted like that. But behind closed doors... They would say things and then it made me think, oh, so what you say out in public is what you say, but behind closed doors is how you really feel. Now, as an adult, I've realized how they said this behind closed doors, that wasn't really how they really felt because they had friends of other cultures. stuff. So they would never say that to those people, but they left like this little reserve of anger and frustration, but it always came out when they were trying to have me do something that they didn't want me to do, or if they got loose lipped 
and just like got angry and mad about someone and said things. I don't believe in any way, shape or form that they were actually racist because they didn't do any acts against anyone and then didn't do anything that made me think that. But some of those comments, I'm like, those are some kind of racist comments, dad. Like what the heck's going on? We see this happen so often, like I said, in my practice. And that's the reason why Heidi and I want to bring this up. When we talk about modeling, we have no idea how often they're listening. What are they paying attention to? These kids that came to me and said that they felt that they identified with being LGBTQ, this was not a conversation I could say, okay, come into the session next week with your parents. We'll just talk about it to them. They were like, David, you can't make me tell them this. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell them this unless I'm ready. And, and of course, I'm like, of course not. Like I'm not... You know, that wasn't, they weren't in danger of their life. It wasn't something that, and they weren't even quite, it was just, they're, they're trying to figure this whole thing out. But getting back to, we talked about too often parents come to me and they tell me, why does my kid have so much resentment towards me? Why are they so against me? Why do they feel they're pitting me like enemies is because this sets the stage long before the major confrontations. If you are trying to talk negatively about someone that your child is dating, it will do the same thing. And here's what it's going to do. People are going to protect the people they feel that are being marginalized, that they have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. People are going to take it upon themselves, teenagers specifically, their loyalty to their friend groups. If they have a friend who's got the piercings and you know is dressing totally different and you make fun of that kid and that kid just happened to help your child in a really difficult time in their life, ooh, you're picking a fight with your, with your child and you have no idea. And then later on when they lash out at you, it could seem like you're the victim. Like, where's all this coming from? But little did you know, you had said things off the cuff. You weren't thinking it. You didn't, you didn't really plan it out so well. You, had the, you didn't have the filter working and it left your kids to believe that you were on opposite ends of the spectrum, that you didn't share beliefs. You didn't share insights and thoughts. And like Heidi said, this younger generations and statistics prove this well, is far more accepting, far more accepting because they were raised in a world that's very small. Like my dad, he only knew the Polish neighborhood he lived in and those other neighborhoods you ran through because they were scary. He didn't know, like he didn't work with any African-American people. He didn't work with any Puerto Rican people until he got into the military. But even then, you know, it's, you know, it was mostly Caucasian people from what he told me. So I want to have this conversation. Heidi, what are some of the thoughts you're having as we talk about this? Because I know you see this as well. And, and you said even before that you've made this mistake. You've said things, you know, not necessarily the racist nature, but you've said things, you know, out loud about commenting about how a certain person looks or dresses, not knowing that your child is paying attention and wondering, gosh, like, why are you being so critical of that person, mom? Like, aren't we supposed to love people? Right. So it's these two messages that we're really discussing, this message of love and acceptance. And then there's this other message that seems very hypocritical, a lot of hypocrisy of how can we be teaching, this is from a teenage perspective, how can my parents and religion and all these things be teaching such, you know, acceptance, 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 However, but in these certain situations, you know, it's it, it's different. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, I mean, it is interesting to me that you kind of, you talk about the two things. So you talk about just religion. the two main ones that are huge. There's a lot about, of small ones that happen as well. Right. You talk about religion. So, so from my perspective, religion and all the things that are around it, because I happen to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? That's the culture that I participate in and um and what i realized and, and you talk about the lgbt community and traditionally there's this stigma that has has been formed and it it just is you know and i realized that maybe me not figuring out how i feel personally not not whatever might be a reflection of my religion or a reflection of my parents or my upbringing or whatever that I needed to do some work about how I felt about the LGBTQ yeah. situation, how I felt about body image issues, how I felt about race issues or you know, whatever. And then I needed to nurture and share my opinion with my kids so that they, 
I think that there's this camp of kids who adopt your philosophy. So yeah. like if I was going to be harsh, not accepting. Of, or if you're a hardcore Republican or Democrat, they right. may just adopt it because that's right. what because you Because that's what yeah. they know. Then you've got the group of kids that are like. They're going to question gonna be it. Opposite because, of, you know, no matter what you do. Yeah. And um, I kind of have, I mean, I've made this decision that I want my kids to know that I love everyone. That. I don't care what their political views are, what their social views are, what their sexual orientation is, what their race is. And that's probably, you know, you go around in your life and you think to yourself, well, I shouldn't have to like tell people how I feel about this or I don't want to, you know, I don't have a bumper sticker. I don't, I'm not flying any flags or whatever. But I think that it's necessary to have this conversation with your kids. Hey, I want you to know, I really just respect people's place. And I want people to know that. And I, I bring this up because there's been kind of some, some conversations with my kids. There's been some conversations that I've had with some of my friends. And, you know, they do have friends in their school classes that are transgender. They do have, there are openly gay and bisexual kids that they interact with. And they're, and they might not know how to feel about it. They might've heard parents or siblings or grandparents say derogative things and they're not sure. Yeah. Um, I realized yeah. recently that I have to establish this position with my kids. Well, I feel very thankful and appreciative that I gain the trust with parents that I work with over a long period of time that I can have conversations with parents like this. The majority of the parents that, and I can't think of any family or parent off the top of my head is just openly racist or openly, you know, bigotory towards, you know, or marginalizing any sort of um, group. Now, if they do behind closed doors, usually their teens will tell me, but I, I, they haven't acted that way towards me. But what I, I enjoy doing is that once I have a trusted relationship with these people and I've, I've helped their kids have some success of some type, especially in their relationship, I will bring up these conversations because I can't quite go in them and say, Hey, you're doing this wrong. And by saying all these mean things about these other marginalized groups, it's going to break the relationship and trust from your kids because it can do that. But I don't come at them in that way because then I put the parent in a defensive position that as if that was their intention. And, and that's usually not the case. But what I do enjoy doing is I do enjoy sharing with people a different perspective and how to see things in a different way. Most parents are fearful of outside influences that are different thoughts, feelings, and beliefs sure. we are going to influence their kids. And I just remind them that not only do they not have any control over that, is that, but they will drastically increase that their kids' curiosity may come into the play where now they're going to want to try and do these things because you're so against it on the other end of the spectrum. Like, why would you be so against it? If it, you know, if it didn't seem like anything that's that big of a deal, if it's not illegal, it's not illegal to be gay, no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not illegal to be Mormon or to be not Mormon. So when I have these conversations with parents, I parents will usually say, well, what does it have to do with the relationship with my kids? Because the reason why we're even bringing this up, this is not my opinion. <laughs> I'm just trying to share with you things that's going to help your relationship with your kids. I tell them this, you're going to have to have a difficult conversation with your kids. And at that time that that conversation is about to happen, your kids are going to do like a, um, like a, um, uh, whatchamacallit, um, an inventory. And they're going to look at you. And it's a hypocrisy inventory. They're going to think, since I've known this adult, have they been a hypocrite the majority of the time or every now and then? So is, it, is this the, the rule? Like my parents are usually hypocritical and every now and then they're honest with me. Or the rule is they're open and honest with me. They're up for changing their mind. They're up for new ideas and they're up for new thoughts. And, you know, they're open to suggestions or are they just going to shut everything down right when they first hear it? So when I have these conversations, I simply remind parents that when you are going to have a difficult conversation with your kids, 
they need to know that they can trust you with that information. And the only way, not the only way, a big way that they're going to know that they can trust you with that information is that in recent years, you haven't been so on one side of the fence or the other. So this usually comes in, um, I've given this a couple of examples with parents. Um, this one mom, she said she was at the mall one time. She said her teenage daughter was getting at that age where she's starting to develop certain parts of her body on the front above her waist. So that was, that's really, that was smooth. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> be careful to say certain things. Um, and so the mom said we're at the mall shopping and this very beautiful woman walks by about 19, 20 years old, definitely more fully developed than her daughter. And her daughter was looking at her in amazement, not in disgust. So the mom said, oh, like, look at the way that girl's dressing. Don't you think that's so disgusting? So the mom didn't feel comfortable that this woman, by the way, they were already fighting about what clothes they're going to get. This woman had all happens. the admiration <laughs> of her daughter. And the mom was feeling like the daughter didn't even want her by her side, get away from me, leave me alone, all the different types of stuff. They're fighting over what clothes she can or can't wear. And so I said, let's review the situation. I said, mom, did, your, did that woman's boobs hurt your daughter? And she said, no, but I'm worried that it could influence her to think that if she had boobs like that, she'd get attention because she's the, I said, yeah, yeah, all, all valid worries. Did they hurt your daughter? No. Are you fearful that your daughter's going to want to go get fake like that when she's of age? Yeah. I said, if you didn't see that woman there, would you already be fearful of that and not want your daughter to do that? She said, yeah. I said, have you ever made comments that you don't like, you know, fake boobs and stuff like that? She goes, yeah. I go, okay. Why make a comment at that moment just because you're feeling uncomfortable? I said, that girl, do you know anything about her? Does her being over, overtly attractive and showing it off in a hot summer month right before going back to school, does that mean she's a bad person? Does that mean she has all these things? I said, here's the problem with what you're saying. Your daughter's gonna meet girls like that. She's gonna wanna be like them. And some of them may be decent human beings. And if you go against them and say they're bad people, then she will start to wonder, hmm, this person I trust over here and my mom, I'm not so sure about sometimes because it's just her job to love me. I don't know if I can believe her when the chips are really on the table. This is not a stretch of the imagination. This is a constant, you know, what's going on. So at the end of the conversation, the mom, she goes, well, how should I have handled that? I said, the best thing to do is not say anything because that's going to happen regardless whether you're there or not. You just happen to see it. So there's no point of comment on it. Two, if your daughter asks you, because her daughter would test her, he goes, mom, what do you think about this style? These clothes, you think these girls look cute, this and that. And the mom was always trying to get her away from certain things. Instead, I said, so you could say something like this when your daughter asks you, what do you think about um, this type of hot, you know, this type of top or whatever, instead of saying, well, it only look good if you had fake, you know what? Because the mom would make little jabs, right? And said, instead of saying those things, like to share your opinion, just say, hey, you know what? I'm not against someone that has fake this. And I don't think you're beautiful if you have it. I don't think you're not beautiful if you don't have it. I just want you to feel good about yourself, sweetheart. So what you're doing is you're just focusing, I support you, I support you, I support you. There's a lot of parents that by the third tattoo their kid got, they started to realize, why am I keep on bringing up that they don't like tattoos? <laughs> it's just, let it go. Like that, that ship sailed. Like there's no point except to continually stir up resentment in a relationship to overtly say negative things about things that your kids are considering liking. Instead, you should do the opposite. You say, hey, you know what? Oh, that tattoo looks really, really great. You know, I don't blame people that want to get tattoos. Sounds, sounds like you know some people are really into that. That's it. You're not saying you're for it. You're not saying you're against it. Same thing with uh, this one family. This one young man came to me a number of years ago, said that um, he was gay. Um, you know, we had this agreement that you know when he was ready, he was going to tell his parents. He wanted to tell them, but just not until he was ready. And he said same thing. His parents had said so many negative. You know, gaze this, gaze that, and had so much negative stuff. He said, I can never talk to him about it. Well, the day, the day came when we talked to him about it. But I'd have many of these conversations with the parents first. The parents had a suspicion that that was a secret he's holding. And I told them, I said, if you try to pull the secret out of him, you fired me. 
you just told me, sorry, Dave, we don't need your help. We're going to take care of this because we know what we're doing. Luckily, they didn't take that approach. When the time was right, this young man shared this with his parents. They hugged him. They cried him. But it took them about a year or so before they were ready to hear what he had to say. Their own natural prejudice, their own natural fears and worries, they were able to talk out with me individually to sort those out. Because at the end of the day, if they were to choose their kid being alive or their kid being gay, which one do you think they chose every single time? And unfortunately for this family, they had a handful of times where they had to make that decision if they're gonna support him being gay. Even before he told them he was suicidal and he was struggling. So they're at a very pivotal time. I'm so glad that they didn't push the whole entire day. He has to be like us, act like us, look like us, come to church like us, because that was not a, a place for him to be at that particular moment. Once he opened up to me, he got better. Once he eventually opened up to them, he was freed of all this burden. And then his parents started to say things like, we would have never known what it was like for families. They started to see that their kids experience, because they had other kids, they started to see their kids experience was very unique to teach them lessons to get rid of. See, they would have said, oh, we're not against gay people. We're not against, we're not racist. They would have said, we're not any of these things. And they said some racist crap. They said some, you know, some, you know, some shameful things against the LGBTQ community in quiet. You know, they wouldn't do that in public, of course, because, you know, they're good people. But the point <laughs> is, is private's never really all that private, especially nowadays. So, you know, one of the things that I that I kind of wanted to bring up, I think a lot of parents probably could identify, kind of identify with this thing of, you know, why don't you bring your friends over here? Why don't Why don't you guys come over here and I'll make some cookies and you guys can just watch a movie and it'll be fun. And you know, I kind as kids, and if you think back to being a kid, you know, you kind of knew if you brought this person over you knew your parents wouldn't approve. Or, you know, I dated a guy that had tattoos head to toe and that he would not wear shorts. He had, they, they were on his legs and he made sure he wore pants. You, you know, because it, it was like, that would be an immediate, like, you're not dating my daughter. And so here's the question I want to pose to you. Let's say that you're a parent who not, necessarily intentionally, but just kind of by the nature of how things roll, your kids might not feel like you would be very cool when you brought kids home that maybe had piercings or tats or well, yeah, whatever. If you're that parent, you've probably shared some harsh opinions and you probably have come across like you're not really open to change your opinions right. at all. But maybe you notice that your child has friends like that. And so they don't want to bring their friends over because they don't want you to judge them or whatever. Let's talk about, just as we kind of end, how how can a parent in that situation make some adjustments? Well, I'm glad you asked, Heidi, because now is the perfect time of the year to do that when they're going back to school. If your kids are getting older, not younger, they're going to be experiencing an exposure to a lot more diversity than they ever did before. And it may not be an ethnic uh, race diversity. It may be a, a likes diversity, you know, kids dressing in all different types of, you know, hobbies, interests. Kids coming yeah. from really different types of families. Different types of families, you know. So this is the best time of year. And this is very similar to a lot of the suggestions I give. One, you're going to go first. So here's how you set it up. If you're a parent that you know you've been guilty of having some harsh opinions and maybe said some difficult things, and usually, by the way, you listeners out there, I'm sure your kids have told you this. <laughs> if your kids have ever told you that was mean or why'd you say that? Like, oh, they're my friend. I like them. Like, they're nice. Like, yeah, but I don't know. There's just something about them. You know, I don't know. Like, rah. You know? So if you've been guilty of that, that's what you start with. You say, hey, listen, I want this new school year to be great for you. The mentality that parents sit, that have that say, I want your friends to come to our house. I want your friends to be around so I get to know them and I want to be a part of your life. That's great. But in order for that to make, for in order for that to be possible that your kids want to bring their friends there, you're going to have to do something like this. So you start off with saying, hey, listen, 
I'm pretty sure I've said some offensive things. I've judged people. I've criticized people. And in the past, you know, when I say those things, um, I want to act like, you know, like I, I don't really feel that way or I want to act like, you know, I'm really, I'm really not like racist or judgmental. But here's what I want to tell you right now. As you're getting older, you're going to come across different people that look different, act different, talk different. Maybe you have friends from different countries even, different states moving that have no idea about our religion or about our belief system. So what I'm going to work on is I'm going to be working on being more open-minded to being more accepting because in the world that I grew up in, you can explain to them, the world that I grew up in, we didn't have a lot of diversity. So it's not that I'm not open to it. I'm just not used to it. And throw yourself in the bus and you can say something like, I don't know if you knew this, but I don't do really change well. So if you're <laughs> one of those parents that that's a true statement, you can use that. And they'll get that. You get so much street credit with your kids when you're saying, hey, listen, this is something I'm working on. I'm acknowledging that I've screwed this up. I haven't done this well in the past, but I can get better at it. So I just want to let you know, if there's friends throughout the year that in the past you would have thought like, oh, there's no way my parent would ever let me have them come hang out or bring over. It's like, just, it's, it's an open door policy. What we're going to do is we're going to judge people by their behavior, not by their race, by their sexual orientation or anything like that. You're just going to make, Hey, love is, love is our social religion. Like we may have our actual religion over here, which may be Mormonism, Catholicism, but love is our family's religion for our community, for our neighbors. The parents that have done this, you got to really own it. You know, you can't be like, you know, I'm going to try to be a little bit more understanding, you know, some of your <laughs> friends. Like, you know, you got to you got to really own it and commit to it. But once you say this to them, then you got to remind them, I'm not telling you to go off and, you know, do a bunch of stuff. I'm just telling you I trust who you bring home. Boom. Here's the thing. Your kids don't even know who they're bringing home half the time. But wouldn't you rather bring them home than go to their home? See, this is where I always win these debates with parents. They will sit there and go, well, they got tattoos, they got piercings. I'm like, your kid's going to hang out with them behind your back. Remember what you did when you were 16? Well, that was different. <laughs> you, know, my, you know, my parents were never around. You know, I'm like, okay, whatever. They're still kids. It's still, some things are still the same. You go hard in the paint and say, I'm against this. They're going to go, hmm, what would it be like if I did it? They're going to get curious. So instead, you invite, you invite let your kids bring kids over and let your kids experience different things with relationships and let them determine, you know, regardless of what racist kid is, regardless of what religion or sexual orientation is, I like them based upon their merits of our experiences, how they treat me. And it has really little to do with what band they like or what, you know, what interests they have outside of, you know, our schoolwork. Use that as your go-to approach in addressing that. That way, when they do bring friends over and there is an issue or something you're worried and concerned about, you can start off with, hey, um, I don't know if you'll give me credit for this, but I think I'm doing a lot better job at being more like understanding with your friends. Um, if I'm not doing that, or if I say something that seems like I'm being like stubborn or ignorant, whatever, please call me out on it. Just do it off to the side, not in front of your friends. So model for them to don't indict someone. Don't call them out and say, come here. Why'd you bring that kid over here? I don't know who they are. Uh, your kids are going to like get in a moment, a conversation. They meet someone at school and all of a sudden they're best friends by fourth period. Like, they're just like, oh my gosh, we're best friends. I love you, I love you too. And the guys are like, what's up, bro? Let's go hang out. Oh, they're like my best friend. They're telling everybody your best friend. The parents are sitting here trying to make sense of you. Never each other for three kid. periods. <laughs> you don't know anything about this kid. So the parents, signals get all worried and the parents start looking suspicious at the kid. Going, hmm, what's going on? Characters, I mean, parents get into character. Get out of your head of defense. Like you don't want to look like you're the sniper on top of a prison guard tower, like waiting for someone to like to get out of line. You want to go to that kid. I know what I'm going to do for the boys that try to date my daughter that I do not on physical appearance. By the way, it's okay to make judgments. Judging the someone making a judgment is not what we're talking about. We're talking about being overly judgmental and critical without having a lot of information. But once someone comes over to my house that I want my daughter to hang out with, I'm using my daughter as an example, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make them feel comfortable in my house. I'm going to make them feel like, hey, what's up, man? Anything you want, boop, 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 you know, we got you, you know, la, la, la. And that way, if they step out of line or act stupid, then I'm like, whoa, whoa, hey, come here. Come here, little Johnny. Hey, man. Remember when I first met? We were cool, right? I talked to you. You know, you can, you can have anything in my house, but that doesn't mean you go take it and go walk out front with it. You come ask me, are we cool? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Kozlowski. Oh, no, that's right. No need to apologize. Just making sure we're on the same page because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to judge you. Yeah, you got some, you know, some different earrings in your ear. Your hair is dressed different, stuff like that. But the way I look at it, that's just your style. That's just you. Well, this is me. 
If you want something from my house, you don't borrow it without asking. We good? Cool. See you later. <laughs> what you do is you just address every one thing comes up instead of speculating about all the things that could come from that one kid. There's been too many kids that parents have come to me and said, if my kid wasn't friends with that kid, they wouldn't be alive. And guess what that kid looked like? He looked like or she looked like the kid you don't want your kid to hang out with. But that kid went through real life painful experiences and happened to be a really good friend. Someone that your kid could relate to. Sometimes your kids, when they have issues, they're not going to want to go open up and share and be vulnerable with the perfect kids. Because right. that's fearful socially. That's like, oh, I'm going to open up all my dirty laundry to the kids who are going to who potentially could have the influence to make me look bad. It's easier to practice a couple <laughs> really difficult life experiences with the kids who have already been there, done that. Like, oh, they're not going to judge me. They're already a hot mess. So don't be surprised if they bring home, as some parents like to call it, stray teenagers. <laughs> right. Okay? Well, and, and here's the thing is I think that a lot of us can relate. Like when we're in a workplace environment or when we're in – certain places like we have to be politically correct right or we get called out we get busted and and so it's like this obligation maybe to to not make certain comments or you know you'll get in trouble or whatever i think that i just sort of wanted to bring this up bring this up because if you want a more trusted relationship with your child, being tolerant of everybody, extending the benefit of the doubt, and being loving and accepting and smiling at looking people in the eye, that is going to be, your kids are going to be watching. Yeah. They're going to be watching. And, and I just, I think, in our kind of day and age, it's been like, well, I got I can't say that at work because, you know, I'll get turned in or, you know, whatever. This and is that, like, and, and that, that approach is very, I have to avoid the problem. I, I don't want to, I don't want to um, be engaged with this problem. So I got to avoid these certain types of conversations and talking this way. But when it comes to your intimate relationships with your kids, you need to be ahead of this. You need to acknowledge that this is something that maybe you're a parent that doesn't do this at all. You still can go to your kids and say, listen, just want to let you know, you know, if you meet new people, whether you think we'd like them or not, let's, you know, let's give people a chance. Let's give people a shot. I'm going to judge people on, you know, their character and how they behave. You just tell them what you're going to do. And they start to go, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing too. Because that just seems like yeah. the, the very positive happy thing to do. But also to the only way to break stigmas, the only way to break outside of these gross generalizations, because it's so easy for people to put someone in a category and say, all right, that's they're black or they're gay or they're Mormon. Cause it goes both ways. Sure. But to break those stigmas, we're going to need to be able to have people who are talking beforehand about how they're going to approach certain situations versus coming from a place saying, I can't talk about this. I can't talk about this marginalized group. I can't talk about that marginalized group. Instead, it's like, hey, listen, I don't know maybe or understand this marginalized group as well. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to come across some people in these groups. And when I do, that I can form some relationships so I can get personal firsthand experience from what it's like for them. The only way someone from a marginalized group like the LGBT community or of a different race is going to open up and share with you their plight, their struggle, is they're going to have to trust that you have sincere intentions to want to get to know what their experience is like. And a great place to do that is the workplace. You will make friends at work that you wouldn't have hung out in high school. Well, your kids in high school are going to make friends now today like you made in work online in high school. They're a lot more accepting and understanding, not saying that it's perfect. So let's model for our kids. You can have a belief system. You can have a religion. You can have political views that don't interact or don't adversely affect your day-to-day -day experiences working with other human beings. And might not align perfectly with everybody. Exactly. And hey, listen, if using going back to that whole boob thing, it's like, what did that girl's boobs ever do to you? Right? <laughs> well, what did that guy's race? It's like, did did this guy being Chinese or black, or whatever, did that hurt you? No, hopefully- right. You know, hopefully he's, he does something in, in his work and industry that actually benefits you. So there's there's so much we have to evolve as, as a human race, as we talk about here. And as I like to say, for us to improve and to become socially more healthy. And I think we're we're healthier as human beings when we have greater social competency 
and not everybody's going to go out there and want to read all about the LGBTQ community and about the plights of other people, but be open to relationships of other people, other walks of lives. That way you can be like, oh, they dress totally different than me and they're a person Super just like cool. me. They're yeah. someone's kid. They have a kid. It's like, it's, yeah, if I don't like to hang out with this person, it's more because we just didn't connect, not because I already made up my mind before I met them. So I wanted, I wanted to mention, you know, like I said, when Capri went to school the day before to, to kind of be this mentor for the seventh graders, she had to wear a shirt and it like, it was a special shirt that everybody in the group got. Yeah, that's cool. And it really made me think because it allowed her to really go out, like not have any barriers. And I just thought to myself, what what can I do? And so I guess I want to extend this challenge or this question to you. What can you do to kind of wear a badge that says, I'm nice to everyone. I accept everybody. I'm not going to be critical of people. And and what is that badge? And and are you letting your kids know, look, I, I think that in the past, I might have said some things. Yeah. But I want you to know that, like, I'm cheering for everybody and I want you to know I'm cheering for you. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Thank you. You remind me of something of, of what happens. If you take a hard line on one of your kid's friends based solely upon outside um, judgment appearance. and outside appearance, now you're totally lost credibility. So what's going to happen is let's say the kid did meet the stereotype. Let's say they're, uh, they look like a punk and they act like a punk. Now... Your child who already believes you're against them because you've made it very vocal that you don't want them to be hanging out with them or friends with them. Now that kid's behavior, even though it's out of line with your kid's behavior and your kid may not even approve of their behavior. Now that kid's behavior doesn't count as a reason why you don't want your kid to hang out with them because you made the assumption they were bad before you got the proof. Let the proof be because the parents that do this, they can go to their kid and say, hey, listen, honestly, I'm sorry to take a hard line because we're not saying you can't take a hard line with your kids. Right. There's sometimes right. you say, boom, it's over. No more hang out with Jenny. Why not? Jenny does too much meth, sweetheart. We can't be <laughs> hanging out with people who do that much meth. Okay. I mean, you know, meth is obviously bad. But it's, a joke, okay? <laughs> it's like no meth is better. A lot of meth is really bad. So instead what you're doing, you're saying, hey, listen, did I, was I nice to Jenny when she came over? Yeah. Didn't we go to Golden Corral and go eat that time? And I paid for the dinner. Yeah. She came over and spent the night at our house. Yeah. But when she stole money from us or she did this to you, that's why I'm making that decision. You can't tell me that my decision was me being hypocritical, me being a bigot, me being racist, whatever it may be, because my decision is solely based upon what she's done recently with us. Now, if she changes, she gets out of that, great. We, we'd love to send her a card. Like we'll, we'll keep in contact with her. But as of right now, she's off the team. <laughs> and she's off if, the team. And you guys, if you have somebody that's coming around or that you that your kid's hanging out with, get to know them. People should not be judged Make statements. negatively for their race, their religion, sexual orientation, any of those things. But people shouldn't also be protected by your kid to say they're a great person because they're in a marginalized group. There's a lot of people in marginalized groups that still have a lot of work to do on being a good person. And, and there's a lot of people in marginalized groups that have done a lot of work and they're a great representation of their community. You're going to get both in each category. You know, and the you're going to get with, rough people that aren't marginalized. Well, yeah, exactly. Right? That's, that's mean, his that, point because I work pr with a lot of people who are marginalized and, you know, being from San Diego, I'm like in the middle going, whoa, what's going on here? But there's this huge stigma like, oh, you're a Mormon? Oh, I'm going to dismiss you. Now that means you're against people like me and they already have a preconception. And yeah, right. that's a reaction. But still, none of that helps us work together as people. So being tolerant is one step. But being accepted, accepting and inviting and also going to your kids and saying, hey, listen, I'm going to work on this. And if you feel that I'm not doing it, let me know. Just you know, let me know in private. And if you have some friends that I like, then I'm going to be nice to them. If if you have some friends I don't like, I don't care if you're your friend that that I don't like. Your friend I don't like could be going on a mission next month. Everybody else could think that they're God's gift to the world, and I may not like your friend. So I'm not. I'm allowed to not like your friend, and you're allowed to like them. 
but I'm not going to judge and be overly critical on the, about them simply because of face value without <laughs> having any experience with this person whatsoever. You tell your kids that's what you're going to do and then you back it up. Guess what you're modeling for them? The exact same thing. Right. Well, I, I think that now is a, a good time to work on, on this um, and, and just think about it where you're at. Have so, an honest little yeah. personal evaluation. So basically we're saying don't judge a book by its cover. And oh, as a little homage to don't judge a book by its cover, if you've been loyal enough to listen the whole entire episode, watch for when this episode is posted because one of our hosts of the show is going to post uh, a less than glorified picture of himself. Yeah. I guess I just gave away who that <laughs> person is. Well, and, nobody um, thought that it was going to be me. Come and on, uh, Yeah. And so we're going to use me as an example of don't judge a book by its cover. Because if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you don't think I suck completely as a person. And uh, yeah, we'll use me as the example. And maybe you've had a colorful. Well, it was a case of mistaken identity. Wink, wink. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It always is. And I, I, I yeah, you know, I, yeah. Nine lives. I've only got two left. Yeah. Everybody, everybody could use a cheerleader. Everybody could use one more person to support them and encourage them and love them. Because when we love people and they feel that and we improve and strengthen the relationships that we have with them, they make better decisions. And when they make bad decisions, they have a softer place to land. So that's what this podcast is about. And I'm just going to tell you that you guys have come, I've come a, a long way. And I think, I thank you. I thank you for listening. I thank you, David, for coming here every week and talking about this stuff and being patient with me. Um, because the only way that we choose, the only way that we grow and progress and evolve is by doing the work. And um, I'm really thankful for this podcast in that regard. It's helped me a lot. Well, so am I. And- Thanks for being nicer and not judging me so much like you used to. <laughs> well, I'm still skeptical of the surfing. Yeah. I well, still want some surf proof. I, 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 have, <laughs> I have proof that my guacamole is amazing. Producer, try my guac. Yes. So yeah. I'm just waiting okay, for so some, I'm one, some footage. I'm one for one so far. So <laughs> uh, I got to call my buddy John to make sure you guys, get some I video keep people out to somehow. Me. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's true. Especially when you see the photo we're about to post. Well, fortunately for you, I married a woman who is pretty much better than me at everything. So <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded of my state in the pecking order. And we should mention happy anniversary. Oh, thank to you. you guys. I appreciate it. And years. my son's birthday, anniversary, and we got a new puppy all within the same weekend. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to tell you guys about. I cannot. We can, we got to show. We got to share a picture of the new puppy. Yeah, we're gonna picture. We'll we'll post a picture of a puppy, new kids, and actually, my puppy may or may not have his own Instagram page because I'm not too active on social media. But when it comes to a puppy, my kids are like, he's Please, freaking Dad. so freaking cute. My my kids are like, please, Dad, can we just because they like see how Instagram works. Like, can we just make a page for him? Like, all right, so that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, you guys, thank you for listening. As always, thanks for sharing. Thanks for spreading the word, helping us spread the word. And um, as always, thank you for helping us to light the fight. <laughs>